0: become very very intimate and familiar with your holy word we thank you lord we bless you and we praise you for this opportunity to hear from heaven not that i'm a a perfect person but we thank you for the anointing that makes preaching easy and i thank you lord to help me to work with you holy spirit Uh, under the anointing of God that's where the ease is and that's where the fruit is and that's where the power is so we thank you for that as we're changed into another person because of the anointing we thank you for it Lord in Jesus name amen and praise God so today I thought uh, since it's it's Christmas season and we know that Jesus came for a purpose and that was with many purposes but to uh, destroy the works of the devil uh, everywhere, uh, anywhere the devil manifests, Jesus uh, min- uh, came to destroy the works of Satan. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes you can destroy a person, but their works continue. If you destroy the works, you get them whoever they manifest through. Mm. For those of you who like get rid of people... <laughs> You know how we do. They don't like me at my job, so I'll change jobs. And the devil gets in somebody else at the new job. And that's just an aside. So if you can destroy the works, well, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, do we? Amen. So if you can get to the root of it, destroy the source of it, then you can uh, live a peaceful life, you know. And so Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, however they manifest. Sometimes they do manifest through weak flesh. You know, I've been used by the enemy before, and I know many of you, most of you, all of you have. So, you know, we, we know that. So we want to walk away from that. And so <clears throat> when Jesus, though, when he came, he left instructions. So we're going to talk about what happens when you follow Jesus. What happens yeah. when you follow Jesus? There's a, a pattern of living. There's fruit to your life. There's signs. Uh, that you are following him and and uh, not just that he's with you but you want to follow him those were the instructions that he left in john twelve twenty six, it says here if if any man serve me let him follow me you know there's so many people trying to serve god without following jesus they do their own thing you know, they're in it for all kinds of different reasons, and, and we see that in the life of Christ. We see it even with his closest, the disciples. They all had different reasons for being around Jesus. They followed him, but he wanted them to follow him in their hearts as well as their physical man. So there's a twofold following of God. Your heart must be yielded to this. You can't. You know, other than that, you're just religious and, and you're going through the motions. And that's a sad way to live, but some people think that's the only way to live in God. But there is a way to know that you are following him because there's evidence and there's signs. So we're going to talk today about what happens when you follow him. John ten twelve twenty six if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. Not where my servant is, I'm there, but where I am, my servant will be. There's an order there. Jesus goes before us and we follow him. Many people live their lives believing that they can do what they want and then ask God for help when they need him as though he's their servant And they're in the lead and he's following them. But Jesus said, if you're going to serve me, I go first and I lead you into that service. I lead you into what what we're doing. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. So there's an order to serving Jesus, serving God. You, You follow Jesus into the life that he has ordained for you. There's an ordered life, you know, whether we can believe it or not. Our steps are ordered of the Lord. Now, you know, recently God has had me to take note of things more than, uh, you know, maybe because I'm older and, uh, you know, I ain't kicking it with my, my peeps on Friday and Saturday. <laughs> I haven't done that in a whole lot of years, but you know what I mean. Sometimes you you get into a place in your life where you get more meditative, where you want to understand things more. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we should all the time, but I believe God orders seasons in our lives so that we can do certain things. Our spirit is always being developed, but I think it's being developed in different ways at different times in our lives. And so I just believe that um, now particularly God is helping me to understand his uh, order in life, understand his will, understand his working with us and his leading in our lives and so yesterday, my desire was to keep our meeting on schedule uh there's we're under a little pressure by the the people that you know the church there they want uh us out by eight thirty We thought we had a contract till nine, and so we find out. You know, and they change pastors and all that, like yada, yada. But anyway, we have to make sure we stay on schedule with that meeting. That's why I told Poppy to quit taking y'all teeny bladder committee people and letting y'all stop at every rest stop. Going to the bathroom or going to McDonald's or whatever, y'all. You know, that just gets insane after a while because we have to keep a schedule and start a meeting on time. This ain't, you know, uh, your vacation. You know we're trying to get to a meeting, and y'all in there ordering ribs. Well, it takes it takes four hours. That's right, Poppy, ain't it? Takes four hours to cook ribs. We got to start our meeting at a certain time, get out at a certain time. That was free. Anywho, uh, but you know that was my desire. And so, <clears throat> as the meeting progressed, once I start preaching, I know I can't rush God. <laughs> I don't even try. I don't want to got better sense than the yeah, did. Yeah. so anyway once i i got into preaching i got to see that we weren't going to make it out at our <laughs> lunch time we try to get there for the lunch it's all the same food you know what i'm saying they ain't plumping you up better at dinner time than they do at lunch it's all the same food so and then it's less of it by the time four o'clock comes around wow, they must go to sleep at four around there because they sure don't be shaking and getting no fresh salad or nothing out make you want to petition for a refund (laughs) anyway we got when we got there i was waiting i was looking out the window to see if i could see my my accountant broker friend mike you know tim once a year our annual meeting that we don't have every year anywho uh, he was all all hot to have the meeting. So I said, okay, I'll be in Toledo. Can you drive down there? He's up in Detroit again, so he drove down. So I'm looking out the window, looking for him, and God shows me this family, see, coming into the restaurant, and I got two baby carriages, and my heart goes out, you know, young family, husband and wife trying to stay together and raise their children you know you just you feel for people like that you know so i uh, <laughs> up there talking to the guy about this expensive lunch we're about to buy and i i had people to it and i told i said can you pay for these people who are coming in they're right behind us in the line almost and so anyway we got an opportunity to obey god now suppose i had beat it out of there you see what I'm saying? Think about things like this. I mean, when you think about your steps being ordered by God, and not just so much for them to get, because I'm sure they were they were planning to pay for their meal, but it was a blessing for them not to have to. Just out of nowhere, God shows them, I see you, I see you're trying to, to enjoy your life, and I, I want to help with that. God wants to help us enjoy our lives and and suppose we had not been there the half you understand what i'm saying your st- our steps are so ordered by god it'll it'll mess your head up to see how he just orders everything if we'll just stay with him and walk follow him not try to get ahead of him but follow him in these things and it's a blessing because then the the, i told i didn't want the lady to tell her but you know how people are they want to know who did that for them and the little mother came up to me and she was so thankful and the husband came over we got to pray over them babies and declare god's blessing over them and and who knows what god's going to do with that you understand who knows what he's going to do with that prayer and so it's good to follow him i said all that to say follow him and sometimes spend time reflecting on with god on your day how you spent your day did he order your day what did you accomplish for god in that day and and don't be afraid to look at those things you know and don't take any don't assume anything uh, in these things because it's always a good idea and think the blessing that that will receive for having done that for god you see what i'm saying you you can't underestimate the power of seed sown because some of them are are dynamite seeds they'll they'll make a uh, big impact in your life at some point point. and so it's it's a good thing to just be responsive to god understand what he wants you to do and go ahead and do those things so so praise god but anyway jesus said if you're going to serve me you must follow me don't get ahead of me I don't want any bright ideas, I don't need any help with this, I already know what I'm going to do in your life, so just follow me. In Mark chapter 2, you see an example of somebody who followed him. Mark chapter 2 and verse 14. 13 and he went forth again by the seaside and all the multitude resorted to him and he taught them and as he passed by he saw levi the son of Alphaeus sitting at the receipt of custom and said to him follow me and he arose and followed him now with jesus the response to follow him must be immediate it must be immediate if it's going to count in your life You know, now, I know there's scriptures that say a person must count the cost. You know, what type of person when he starts to build does not count the cost. But once you make the decision, you count the cost before you say yes to Christ. And once you say yes to him, your response to him in everything that he tells you to do should be immediate. Immediately follow me this morning and and get up and, and start meditating on the word. I want to talk to you. Immediately get up and, and go and, and you know go help somebody take bread out or go collect bread or sort bread or something like immediately do those things you don't do them as you decide you want to do them and you don't put them off and you don't look for ways to cut back on following god got me you follow him full measure he's given us the full measure of his service of his life The price that had to be paid for us, so he expects full measure in return. Anything else is disobedience. If it's not immediate, it's disobedience. You know, parents even feel that way. You know, you see your children, you tell them, you know, can you get up? In a a slow kid is a disobedient kid. It's a rebellious kid, because what they're saying inside is, I don't want to do this, and I'm defying your authority. And they feel if they wait long enough, they'll wear you out. And that usually works out that way. You'll find, you know, everybody with the orange jumpsuits and the, you know, nine numbers in front of their face. They have been in that rebellious place and that rebellious spirit was never broken by the parent who is responsible to break that spirit of rebellion in that child. You got me? It's an evil spirit. And it's got to be broken. You don't just do what you want to do in life ever if you're going to prosper. And parents know that. If they don't, they learn along with you. You understand what I'm saying? But God wants everybody to learn that lesson about what it takes to be successful in life. See, rebellion will never get you success. Amen? Having a better idea will never get you success either. You know, people try that one on you. Uh you know I, I, yeah, well, you know we did that, and you know we 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 we're gonna do that or we didn't do that, or some kind of excuse that 's not gonna work either that is a subtle it's a more um i would say uh evil form of rebellion because it's cloaked in good behavior Let's see. Well, I'm going to park here and talk for the rest of the day. If y'all don't respond to say something, say, I'm guilty. Somebody need to fall on their face on the floor, suck carpet, whatever you need to do. But get that out of you. See, many times we carry that where, where we've rebelled against God-given authority. I'm not talking about anybody that wants to push you around. I'm talking about the God-given authority that God has placed in your life. He places it there for your good. huh Your parents aren't mean parents because they don't want you to throw your life away. They're good parents. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. If they wear you out, let them wear you out. They'd rather wear you out than have the state working on you for the rest of your life. One of the most pathetic and sad and, and, you know, kind of heart-wrenching Things I heard recently, there was a, a woman on Facebook that was was so excited God had answered a prayer for her. And she said she had a son that was in prison, and, and uh, the prison he was at uh, was was rough on him. And he had some, some special needs or something, and they couldn't be met where he was. And he was asking for a transfer, and she was praying hard. And she said, I'm so thankful they finally moved him. Now he'll be in the prison where his brother is. She's happy she got two boys in the same prison you see what i'm saying stay with with being obedient to your parents yes. i don't care how old you are yes. Yes. you stay there because you need to be there if god's got you there you need to be there because trust me the devil is out there waiting for a snare the minute you rebel and get out from under their authority yes. the devil's got a snare to put you yes. in yes. huh yes. and you'll be lamenting <laughs> for a long time even so-called good children have rebellion in them sometimes it's never been worked out of them you know so that they can can submit to authority and see authority is good god puts people over you for your good you know we always say i don't know how they got to be in charge they don't know nothing they know enough to keep their mouth shut and do it the- <laughs> they know more than you cuz you still running yours and don't know what to do with your life And so we have to understand that authority. And Jesus said, follow me. And he said, put yourself under my authority and do what I do and do what I instruct you to do. And you'll live a good life. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 9, it says, And Jesus passed forth from there and saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of customs. So here's another tax gatherer, dishonest person. Most people work with money, work with it because they like it. some of them like it a little too much and he said to him follow me and he arose and followed him so following jesus is always an elevation in your life you got to humble yourself to do it but following him you must know is an elevation in your life when he says stand up and follow me that means you're coming up to a higher place in life all the time whenever you follow the lord you're coming to a higher place and he tells him, he uh, calls people really to be his disciples. Amen. So he's, he's telling him to follow him so that he can learn. So we're all learning the things of God. We're all coming into a greater understanding of how to serve God, how to let God transform us. Matthew ten thirty eight, he says, if any man will follow me, let him deny himself take up his cross, and follow me. Amen. What is your cross? Your cross is anything that you need help with to carry. Remember when Jesus, he, he crumbled under the weight of the cross, and, and the, the, the Romans assigned a man to help him carry that cross. Amen? So the cross is anything that's too heavy for you to carry in normal life. It could be a bad habit. It could be a, a immaturity. It could be a, a, a disability of some type. You know, it's temporary if you live for God. It could be something that you have a challenge with learning. But you're to pick that up and bring it with you and allow Jesus to help you with it. Crosses are things that cause you not to have the fullness of happiness in your life sometimes if you let them get to you. Sometimes it's bad relationships or relationships that used to be good that went sour, that you wish were better now. Sometimes it's a divorce. Sometimes it's a separation. It could be any number of things. But Jesus wants us to hold on to those things so that he can help them, us with them and understand that in humbling yourself, you allow God to bring a better reality to you so jesus died to bring you a better reality some people don't believe that they can live with all the turmoil that's happening around them but god gives you peace in the midst of a lot of trouble in your life he'll allow you to pray and see him reverse that thing and then you're able to go on and live a normal carefree life as though you don't have problems you don't have that burdening you when jesus works with you and you follow him he bears the weight of all of your problems and your crosses in your life sometimes cross can be added responsibility to your already heavy load where you think if you have to do one more thing that take it costs you more time you're not going to make it and so jesus said i understand everything that's up against you but you still must follow me see we get get into problems and we use them as excuses for not following the lord Uh, well i've got too much to do or i've got this burden or i've got that burden you know i so respect people who keep serving god and putting him first in spite of added responsibility financial challenges loss of job loss of spouse loss of a lot of things sometimes it's a loss of your freedom and and just see it as a temporary thing but god i'm not gonna let that i'm still following you jesus i picked up my cross that's very heavy for me and i know you're going to help me with it but i am still following you because this is what you've commanded me to do and he's not there's nothing in your life that's too hard for him amen now it might be hard for you but you've got to learn how to this is part of learning about jesus is that you've got to let him shoulder all the burden of the responsibility for you. You don't try to work this thing out for yourself. Amen. Because if you try to work it out, it's going to work, while, you know, wind up being a hot mess. You know, you're going to wind up dropping something that God wanted you to hold on to. He wants you to hold on to everything that belongs to you it's like with david when he when he came back uh to ziklag and found all his stuff was gone they wanted their stuff back you know in times when when somebody else is trying to take it from you you want it when you're sick of it you want to get rid of it jesus said i don't care who's messing with it you hold on to it because i intend for you to carry these things and keep them because this is part of my plan for your life so this is a unique walk with jesus you must follow him it's a unique walk <clears throat> it's just you and the lord and not many will do what you do there will be times where your walk will be very unique to you but you have to have enough understanding of how to relate to god to get continual reassurances from him that he's with you and you're on the right track sometimes it'll look very dark like you you're down a, an alley and you don't know if God's there with you or not. And God will need to send a word to you to encourage you. He knows how to do all of that stuff to help us, to keep us going, and keep us on the right track. So He doesn't want us to miss any good thing that He has for us. So, not many people will do what you do because it's unique with you and Jesus, but you must follow Him and learn His way. So, part of what we're doing is learning that question. Remember, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Well, you're going to find out. You keep following him, you'll find out what he would do in these situations. Many times we think we're at our wit's end, and we don't want to go any further, and we don't want to do this, and we don't want to do that. Well, it's because we're not following him. You veered off on a a wrong direction, and you're out there by yourself without the, the security of knowing that you're in his will and that he is leading you not that he's with you but he's leading you there's a big difference if i'm leading you somewhere and i know where i'm going and we can take it for granted jesus knows everything he knows where he's going he knows what you've got he knows what he's ordained for you to do he knows all of this if if i'm leading you and i know where i'm going as long as you hang hold on to me you'll make it through but if you don't don't go through that with me, you'll get stuck down an alley somewhere and you'll be in darkness and won't know which way to go. And so Jesus wants us to know that as long as we follow him. And if you drop and, and you know, make up your mind, you're not going to go anymore, you're not going to do this anymore, he will come and find you. What did he say? Never leave you or for He won't leave you down that dark street. The Holy Spirit will always tug your heart to cry out to God so that he can know that he has permission to come and find you and and go forward. You're never out of the game with God. So many people backslide for no reason. You know what I'm saying? They, they They don't understand enough about God to know his great mercy in their lives. People get upset with God because they don't get certain things from him. He didn't do this for me soon enough or uh, i i asked god for this and and i kept going to church and i kept doing what i well they're into works already you understand their heart's never been in it and so maybe this time when they come to repentance their heart will be in it and they'll be able to follow god with their whole heart not just for the goodies amen because anybody you follow for the goodies they're going to disappoint you because then nobody wants to be used like that and you can't use god like that And so once you understand that Jesus, he calls you to a holy walk, he calls you to a peculiar walk, one that's just for you. Nobody else but you. You're not going to look like everybody else. You're not going to do things like everybody else. You're going to do you, but you're going to be following Jesus in it. Amen. And when you come through these things, when they're difficult, you'll come through them like him. And he'll give you the approval that you're okay with me. This is what I wanted for you. I've always had this in mind for you. I've had in mind for you that you're a person who has right judgment about things. You can make clear decisions. You can make decisions that work. And if you have problems, you can come back to me and I can work it out for you you see and so this is what god has for us and that's success folks that's nothing but success you can see you can look down the road and see where god has brought you from and you say you know what god i can see not you brought me from a mighty long way because that's you know come on y'all anybody can do that but you brought me through and i don't smell like smoke i've got your character i didn't backslide when people told me to quit and not go any further and, and things were looking like i should quit i didn't quit and i kept going lord because i was following you and you kept going and i kept going and that's the way it should be you know that's the way it should be. that's the way you please god and that's the way you have a good life as a believer when you follow jesus you do not follow the traditions of men and that's in mark chapter 7 we'll start in verse 1 then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came to Jerusalem and when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled that is to say <laughs> you know even in the King James they want to clarify it and know it, let you know that the pharisees have their own definition of defilement now what is jesus definition he says it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles but what comes out because it comes out from your heart you we're talking jesus always is talking about a spiritual thing so with him it's spiritual defilement which has which has much more impact in your life than what you eat eating the right things eating the wrong things you know, you live long enough, what's right today will be wrong tomorrow. Uh, what's wrong today will be right tomorrow. Huh? The devil will mess you up in that category. Because there's so many people who live in sin, and then they wake up one day and, and hear about something that is going to make you better. See, and for a person in sin, better means Something that they can do by works and not confess their sins and get right with God. That's what the problem is. And so it says the traditions of men. And it says verse 1, 7 verse 1, Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes and came to Jerusalem. They saw some of his disciples eating bread with unwashed, that is to say defiled hands. They found fault. So the people in a... Um, religious mindset are always doing the x-ray vision to your exterior you know take an inventory you know you've been in churches where you know where well nobody was saved you know i'd go in i wasn't saved I wasn't looking for god i just would feel bad off and on and think if i go to church That's what I need to do. You know, you don't know what church is going to do for you, but that's where you go when you feel bad about how you live and you want to do better. And you go in there and everybody looks at you funny and pins you to the wall with their eyes. Uh, Well, that's the same spirit that, that the Pharisees examined Jesus' disciples with. That thing has not changed. It's been in church forever. Amen? It's been in there forever. And if the spirit of love doesn't permeate that atmosphere and clean that out any assembly of people will wind up being the same way You see what i'm saying you you can let that happen in your church or you can keep the spirit of god in total control there you understand what i'm saying so that people can experience the life of god they can experience the comfort and the peace of god you want people to come in and not feel judged Amen. It'll happen in any atmosphere where, where there gets to be, there's set up some kind of false standard of behavior that's, that is is man-made, can never be attained, even the people judging you by it haven't attained it yet either. Huh? You know, your church might as well be a planet's fitness. Because they don't like that spirit either huh they you know i'll read that stuff read read it in detail but you go in there it says no judgment zone and uh who's been there i mean to read that stuff what is that thing it describes what the wrong kind of attitude is for people to have about each other in there yeah it's something about see you don't read it either nobody reads that stuff but they want to keep it so that people don't get chased out of there by these people that uh, bodybuilder type people that want to run around and make everybody else feel inferior you know because you come in there with your 40 extra and most of it's in the middle and it took you enough to get in there and pay your money every month you know that's why they keep it on an automatic deduct so you can't just get mad and you know not pay no more and so they they want people to feel comfortable when they come in because they feel everybody's in the same you know same condition you know the guy that with all the muscles he got his problems too they just don't show like yours do you understand what i'm saying And it's the way it is when an atmosphere of god we all this is the jesus said the, the the sick the well people don't need a physician the sick people need a physician you know the church is for people that have problems and that have trouble amen and that need help and so he said here they found fault because they didn't wash their hands before they ate For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands, often eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be which they have received to hold as the washing of cups and pots. And, you know, Mark is real sick of this. You can tell by the way he writes about it. He said they wash up everything on the outside but pay no attention to what's going on on the inside that's why jesus would call people from all walks of life to be disciples he still does there's no perfect person he's looking for he's the perfecter there is no one person type of person that he likes and can work with better than other people you know which ought to put a correction on us because there are some people we look at and we just don't even try with them very hard because we think they're beyond help huh well things that are impossible with man are possible with god pray for them people huh pray for them just like you pray for anybody else god will save them if, if we pray sincerely for them and so he's never looking for anything you don't bring anything to the table with him in other words he don't need nothing you got except your willingness to let him remold you and reshape you. In Matthew 19:28, he says, "Follow me into the regeneration." Regen- that word regeneration simply means new birth. And what you need to know is if that if you've been born again, there is a growth process. So it's not a one-time thing, you're born again and that's it. Matthew 19:28, Jesus said to them, "Truly I say to you, that you which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of His glory, you shall also sit upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, the punctuation in there was placed in there after the fact, but this whole concept says, if you can, what He's saying is if you start following Me, get born again, and continue to follow Me to the end of your life, you will get the reward of being perfected and being able to sit and judge others amen and and have a high stature in the kingdom the way i do if you follow me i mm-hmm. mostly day to day we're not thinking about at the end of things but there is a reward at the end of this that goes beyond what we will experience in this life problem with christianity in many quarters in these days we're so focused on the things that pertain to this life, we think very little about the afterlife. What, what happens after we leave this earth, go into heaven? You need to have reward laid up for you there. Not to pull it all down while you're living here, but you need to have reward laid up in heaven and think about that and understand that when you follow Jesus, he is making provision for that as well. So, every you seed you. Praise God. Okay. It's not just for what we're doing in this life. And somebody, if you put a battery in this one, it'll work again. It's not just for what we're doing in this life, but it's for uh, the things that you need for the life after this. You got me? And Jesus is providing for that at all times. So you don't have to be worried about, you know, do I have enough for this or do I have enough for that? Or when am I going to get my reward for what I've done? He knows how to give you what you need when you need it. You understand what I'm saying? He knows exactly what you need when you need it. He knows what's laid up. You know, eternity is a long time compared to what we have down here. It must be, and it must be worth it to serve him no matter how you live down here, so to speak. You understand what I'm saying? Because there are plenty of people in other countries that serve him regardless of how they live in this life. You know, we've heard their testimonies, you know, about the persecuted church. The church in Vietnam, those people go to jail, get beaten. They go into jail and preach to the the prisoners and to the guards. And they have very little to eat. You understand? Very little comforts in this life. You understand what I'm saying? People, the stuff that we, we feed Christians over here, you couldn't preach that stuff over there. You couldn't preach that. You can't preach tithe and, and the windows of heaven be open, you'll be rich. You can't tell them people that kind of stuff. They know better. They know Jesus because they're following him already and they're being regenerated just like we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be stuck in just natural accomplishments all the time. We're being regenerated. We're being changed until his glorious image. When you, when you follow Jesus, you take on his temperament. You take on his peace. You take on his righteousness. You take on his love, his meekness, all of those things. You take those things on. You know, sometimes you'll you'll wonder how you're so changed. You ever get upset about, think about something you could get upset about. It used to really upset you. And now all of a sudden it don't move you anymore. You're being regenerated whether you know it or not. You know, we don't really have any problems with God's dealing with me about my this and about my that. No, you really don't. All you have to do is follow him. You follow him, you change. Huh? Because you don't follow him and be the same crazy you were the day that you were born again. You follow him, you change. Amen. You just need a good dose of obeying God. (laughs) Amen. And letting him speak to you. Speak to your heart and your mind. and Cause you to understand life a little bit better. Understand who you are a little bit better. Humble yourself. Get you off the throne so often. And just allow God to to change you into who he is. Jesus served everybody. There wasn't anybody. And there was plenty of people that didn't like him. And I guess in the natural, he may not have cared too much for them, but he loved everybody. And he found a way to reach everybody, even if he had to rebuke them. He talked to the Pharisees, and he and John the Baptist both call them snakes and vipers. You ain't here for the right thing. Somebody told you it, this was the thing to do. Huh? Most preachers nowadays would be too scared to lose people from their meetings to talk to them like that. But he did it for their good. Somebody tells you they can see your wrong motives, that'll cause you to think twice before you go rushing up in their meeting somewhere. Huh? <laughs> Be nice of them days and come back again. We'd have less hypocrisy in the church. We'd have less backsliding in the church. We'd have more love in the church, more giving in the church, sincere giving, amen, instead of emotional giving. (laughs) Brother Summerall said that. He said uh, that um, there was a church, some churches that he started in another country. I forget where this was, but these were some bold people and they were some sincere people. And he said, um, he said, yeah. He said, you you go in their their church. He said, everybody tithes. I don't care who it is, everybody. He said, uh, if you don't tithe, they come to your house and visit you, and ask you, where's your tithe? Where's where's your tithe? You know, we are expected to tithe. And he said, and, and people will either tithe or quit coming. And he said, and they build a, a church where they can continue to preach the gospel. And do things unaccomplished for God because lack of money doesn't hinder them. He said they take care of that. He said you can't do that in America. He said people in America give emotionally. you got to move them emotionally. In other words, you can't confront them with the truth and their obligation. you got to sneak away in there to make them feel good about. Them. See what I'm saying? Emotional giving is always up and down. It's never consistent. And if you're going to give to God, you want to create a consistency in people. You understand what I'm saying? Where they feel they understand their obligation to keep the work of the ministry going. You understand what I'm saying? We're obligated to do that, folks. It's not an option. It's not an option. So anyway, I know you didn't like that, but that's okay. We don't do that here, okay? I'm not coming to your house for nothing. (laughs) Some of y'all might give me some of them rubber checks and make me think i got some money and then i go somewhere And okay, okay. i'm not gonna bother y'all like that okay but anyway they don't follow the traditions of men amen your way of righteousness is not man-made and it's not man approved it's god approved only Amen. god approved only you might have many people that disagree with the way that you live you know, the, the best thing to do is never, never get insecure enough to ask people's opinions about how you live your life before God. Amen. If you're ever concerned about whether or not, thank you, whether or not you're pleasing to God, you can always go to God or one of his leaders. You've got pastors for that. I would say even your friends aren't dependable in that. There are people in authority over you who could help you speak to those things. You understand what I'm saying? Most preachers that tell you, girl, keep living for God. Let's pray about that, get that out the way, and let's keep living for God. Amen? Friends might tell you something different. Huh? It's true. It's true. Amen? It's true. I've found that people who always never go up and ask for help, always go lateral or nowhere or down, don't want to hear the truth. You don't want to hear the truth if you don't go to authority. So your way of righteousness is not man-made and it's not man-approved. It's God-approved only. The traditions of men do not enter your mind. The traditions of men do not enter your mind. In fact, you know following religious tradition is a waste of time. So most of us have exhausted that nonsense already, and that's why we come to the Lord. And that's good because then when you come to God, you'll stay with God. You're not trying to try a different religion. Sometimes people come to God with a religious mindset. They don't know how to walk out of that and follow the Lord and be regenerated. You know, let your mind be renewed so that you challenge yourself in the way that you think about life. You know, you challenge yourself in the way that you think about relationships. You challenge yourself in the way that you think about God and about giving and receiving and all of those things let the word of god challenge you so that the word of god wins out when you have a dispute or a difference between what you think and what the word says you know, always ask the lord god i see what it says in your word and i know what i think and what i feel and can you please help me with that amen and, and let me understand there'll be stuff like that all your life all your life there will be things that you believe Sometimes God has allowed you to live at a certain level and then he tells you to come up higher. You know, it's going to get a little tougher for you. You're going to have to not squander so much. You're not going to have so much freedom in the things and how you give and how you respond to things. I'm going to tighten up on you a little bit because I see perfection in you. I see what's coming through you, and I see the benefit that's going to be to you and everybody around you if you'll come up higher with me and let me have that and change that and make you uh, more uh, um, productive in your spirit. I have more gifts I can work through you if you'll let me have that thing. Many times we, we use our own judgment in making decisions when God wants us to rely on the Holy Spirit more. Amen. And so we'll try and make up an answer, have an answer for everything in our pride, huh? That's all that is. It's a a desire for knowledge, and everybody has that. But you've got to to desire it the right way, and you've got to want knowledge so that you can help humanity, you can improve yourself, and you can be a greater servant of God. And so when you follow Him, you do not follow the traditions of men. You got to let that go. You, you can't be a man pleaser and you can't be afraid of man. No, you know, the times that I felt <clears throat> most ashamed have been times where I would give in to mental pressure about what other people thought about how you do ministry or how you believe and, and what you think about and all that kind of stuff, you know. I, I know for years I walked in divine health because I believed I couldn't get sick. And over the years, you start hearing things. Oh, you know, you're at that age where, you know, it takes a while to wear you down. But then you look up one day, and you've got symptoms of illness, and they don't move as fast as they used to. And you think to yourself, boy, I've had my mind unrenewed. Huh? I've had my mind messed up by a lot of this nonsense you hear, you know. You know, you, you get older. Everybody puts on weight when they get older. You think you won't, you're lying to yourself amen you know you have to make a decision what you're going to do about it and you know i got you know uh caught up in well i need to do something about it and i'm too lazy to do something you know self-blaming instead of going to god with it huh and learning of him and getting to understand how he moves and how he helps us with things and you know what the lord told me he said if i can live in a fornicator and have mercy on them and work with them for years <laughs> he said some people's messed up like that for years he said you think of hamburger extra hamburgers that go separate you from my love you understand what i'm saying we gotta understand the love of god is extended across the board to people you know and you don't know how people are responding to god with the trouble that's in their life but i'm telling you everybody's got some huh we've all got some trouble And we can't rest on our laurels and say, oh, I don't do that and feel good about it. by the grace of God you don't do it. You just found that place where you can lean on him more and it don't catch you like it caught somebody else. Huh? But God. (laughs) But God. So you don't follow the traditions of men, but you follow after Jesus. You know, we're following after him, walking in his steps, walking as he would walk. Doing the things that he would do with the attitude that he has. With the heart that he has. With all of his equipment and all of his mercies. All of his gifts and all of his power. All of that is at our disposal. It's worth it to follow him. Huh? It's worth it to follow him. When we walk, follow after Jesus, we walk in the power of his word. Amen? 1 Corinthians 4.20 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Amen. Not just words, but power. If God never confirms the word of a minister, got me? With signs following. The kingdom is not being preached in that place. You got know I me? Mean? The kingdom is not coming there. They're talking about the kingdom and they're saying things toward the kingdom, but it's not being manifested there. It's being manifested where signs accompany what's preached. You ever notice people who preach around the gospel and, and preach around the power of God? never have healing services where they preach they they never open up them scriptures in the back and all the red stuff back there where jesus talks they'll tell you about god's gonna bless you about your haters that won't don't want to see you have nothing and that gets people all stirred up that bring the whole church on their feet and when God blesses you, it's going to be big because all your haters, he wait for all your haters to come to service so they can see you give your testimony where you got blessed. It's all centered around me instead of centered on the cross and what Jesus Christ did for you. Amen. So if you're sick, you better not go up in there because you'll leave out of there sick because they never preach the gospel they preach around the gospel they talk about it's the same thing the devil could do if he ran a church which he runs lots of them but he'll talk about jesus he'll talk about the things of god he'll talk about what he never preaches right down the middle of the row so god can come down that row and begin to manifest and begin to heal people and so you'll you'll give all your money into that you'll give you all your time into that and you may even be saved but you won't be following him into the regeneration Hmm? because jesus regenerates people that he can get to follow him totally many people follow him they follow him up to the altar to get saved and after that it's, it's over they don't follow him anymore because the minute the holy spirit begins to speak to you and tells you that he wants to baptize you in your spirit in his spirit so you can be endued with power from on high you gotta make a decision because they don't preach that in your favorite place. And you either go have your favorite place or you going to follow him. And there are thousands of people who rather have their favorite place than to follow Jesus. I'm talking about following him. I'm not talking about sitting up somewhere and listening to somebody talk about him and have their own brand of Christianity. I'm talking about Jesus's brand of Christianity, what he wants us to do to imitate him, what he wants us to do so that we can qualify and be more like him, what he wants us to do so that we can please him and not please a system, a religious system of bishops and apostles and people who lay hands on each other and all this kind of mishmash. You know, you just need to follow him. His disciples uh, barely set foot in the synagogue. They went because it was traditional. But after church was over, they hit the streets and they prayed for people and people got healed. They cast devils out of people. He did all of that. So Jesus was was manifesting the kingdom right alongside of the traditions of men. And every now and then he'd get involved in, in their little system. He'd go in and bring the kingdom. He'd go right back out again. Well, anybody that he healed, and he knew that those Pharisees would talk him out of healing. He tell them, "Don't go back in there no more, huh?" Well, where do I go? Anywhere is better than going back into death. den. you'll go back in there and die. <laughs> First Corinthians four twenty. Did I read that one yet? Okay, it's not in word, but in power. Man, and it, it was important during that time because uh, that time in, in world history, the Greeks were great orators. You'll see a lot of the Greek poets. You'll see a, um, uh, uh, Homer, uh, Ovid, and all of those philosophers and poets wrote reams and reams and reams and volumes of of preachings they even had public meetings the reason paul would go and preach in public is because the platforms were already there from the order they would have debates and oratory to see who could speak the best and the loudest and who could be heard they built coliseums not for rock concerts but they built them for speeches so that the acoustics were such that you could stand there in the in the center of that platform and be heard all over that huge Colosseum with no dome over it to bounce the sound off for you and so they were they, that's what they built their culture around is that the kind of activity and then jesus comes on the scene he starts preaching right along <laughs> you know right after the great greek orators get finished talking he gets up there and says the kingdom has come near you <laughs> what kingdom caesar we have no king but caesar shut up don't talk like that caesar can you Jesus didn't care about Caesar and none of his brothers neither. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> he did what the father told him to do. Father said, You everybody's talking about this and that. You know, go in there and start preaching the kingdom and go there now. And I'll tell you where to start. Start with the religious people. Huh? Go in the synagogue and pick up that book of Isaiah and read it to everybody. <laughs> Jesus made his ministry off of that one, one scripture. <laughs> huh? Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the light, to preach the acceptable year. This day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears, close the book, sat down. So the only thing those people knew about him was that God had anointed him to do this. And that's all he ever did was he went out and he did what he said God anointed him to do. I dare a preacher nowadays to to do that. You know, they gotta be laid hands on by a bishop. I'm under bishop so and so. You know, by the time you get under so many people you're squashed flat. You don't even exist anymore and everybody you're under you got to give them some of your money i don't know how they operate huh little snakes come up to you subtle tell you <laughs> who you're covering boy we went through that when we first got when i get to detroit every religious demon from hell and in the under hell uh don't go over there because he has no covering Who who you think should cover me well we have a school of ministry i don't need a school of ministry what kind of covering you talking about well you know you got to have somebody that no i don't show me in the bible where it says i gotta have that i'm gonna give you what jesus gave them the spirit of the lord god is upon me because he has anointed me and i'm gonna go forth and preach anointing killers. Well, Jesus said that. He says, you don't enter into the kingdom. You keep other people from getting in there too. That's what they want. They want to stop you. The only people I know is legitimate. Now, there's some legitimate you know, encouragements like that. But God will prepare you for those things. You know, I remember when I was first getting started and i was in in a church and and the lord said he said you're gonna have to get ordained and the next time i saw the pastor he said god told me to ordain you you understand what he didn't tell me to go beg nobody and pay nobody nothing to approve of me or other than that i had to go sit down somewhere people are stupid you know and the people who believe that stuff and follow it are twice dumb god's already anointed you well i didn't know i was anointed you need to get a, acquainted with god then because yeah, yeah, yeah. the anointing's for everybody if you really call god will really anoint you yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? yeah. Oh, and the covering stuff who's your covering jesus is my covering i follow him he anointed me i don't know what kind of cover you're talking about but i'm so stupid Luke four thirty two. This is what the difference is. Huh? This is the difference. <clears throat> this is right after Luke four let me see twenty one. Where he read that scripture. And four twenty thirty two he doing it. Huh? Three more verses and he doing what he said he would do. It says here, and he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. Woo, I bet they was upset. Out. And they were astonished at his doctrine. For his word was with power. And one of the the accounts of this says, and he didn't teach like the scribes. Our problem is we got too many scribes running around trying to act like they're anointed ministers of God and just speaking a dead word that gets people moved emotionally and their spirit never grows any. It never gets any revelation. You understand what I'm saying? That will take you home for the week and take care of your family for the week and take care of your bills for the week and take care of your job for the week. You never get that. And empower you to go pray for your sick, crazy neighbor when things get out of hand over there. His word was with power. Bible says he didn't teach like the scribes. And in the synagogue, and here's the demonstration of power. In the synagogue, there was a man that had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice saying, Let us alone! What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Are you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Well, yeah, they used to work for him. All his runaway slaves that met him down there in church, they thought they got away from him. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, shut up and come out of him. I don't need you to, to tell people who I am. I don't need you to advertise for me. Holy Spirit advertises for me. So said, when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and didn't hurt him. Hmm? Did not hurt him. You can command devils not to hurt people, folks. Authority, of, you know who your authority is. Acts nineteen twenty. Talking about walking in the power of God. You no, know, if any ministers are within the sound of my voice, start having healing services in Jesus' name. Start preaching from the scriptures on healing, and God will show up and heal people, but don't skirt around that. You know, you confront that thing. You ask God to impart the healing anointing to you, and you start preaching healing, and he will heal people. Yes. Amen? Start preaching it in faith. Don't skip around the, the scriptures and, and forget that part, because you've got to have that part. Yes. Acts 19 and verse 20. <clears throat> verse 19, it says, verse 18, And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Now, this is the way people really get saved. They confess. They'll just run up to the altar and ask Jesus into my heart. What you do before you came here, you need to get that out the way. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together. Hmm. Books, eh? Yeah, way back then. And burned them before all men. These were sorcery books. And they counted the price of them. It was 50,000 pieces of silver. The devil charges a lot for his stuff. Huh? so mightily grew the word of god and prevailed so the word of god spread and grew in power and especially when people get rid of their sin it grows even better that is a big hindrance to god doing mighty works in congregations folks whether you know it or not you get all a ton of people in there and, and they think they're at a rock concert because that's all you do is twang the guitar and jump around the whole hour of service and then get up and have a 30 minute exhortation you don't teach you don't ever have an altar call where people can get delivered because they pack a devil most of them you know young people now got a lot of devils just because of how the world lives are you kidding me you need to have a deliverance service forget the concerts huh a lot of these churches are nothing but concerts many of them have made their reputation off of their music so you know what they lean on when they go in there they like that kind of stuff head banging like beavis and buddy the only thing that's missing is the acdc on the t-shirt they got you know some jesus thing on there but they're low power they're low anointing they're low deliverance to the people You know, y'all better wake up. Don't mix yourself in with a lot of stuff. You follow Jesus. You follow into the holy regeneration of God. You can't sit up and listen to all of that stuff. Just because it's Christian stuff. Now listen, this is what the devil does to you. Because I see it in my own life. Christian television. Well, at least it's not. No, but are you following Jesus? Is it the food he wants you to put into your spirit right now? Then turn it off. Just have the room quiet. What's wrong with that? Now, are you scared he might point something out that he don't like about you? He might shock you and start telling you the things he likes about you. You need to get quiet. Huh? Be still and know that he's God. You don't need all that stuff pouring in your ears all the time. Learn how to follow him. The biggest fear when I was, was recovering, when I first say recovering from a nervous breakdown, I had the biggest fear was being alone. Because I thought about killing myself when I was by myself. And that was continuous. And I remember when, when God helped me and my attention span got great enough that I could follow a television program. I get up sometimes to watch the television and be sitting there watching, and all I can think was, you're no good. You can't even keep a marriage together. Your husband hates you. What are you going to do with your life? You can't even work anymore. You can't go in and get a job. Who's going to take care of you? How are you going to do How are you going to live? I heard that constantly. And then one day those voices stopped because I stayed in the word. I fought it by reading my Bible. I stayed in the word. And then I got to the point where I could follow a television program for at least 15, 20 minutes. And that was an accomplishment. I could concentrate on something other than voices in my head all the time. You understand what I'm saying? And so then the day finally came where I could turn the TV off. <laughs> you know? I went from listening to the soap operas, I graduated to Christian television, and finally I could turn the TV off and I could be quiet with God and he talked to me. You understand what I'm saying? It's a process sometimes. But I know what keeps me centered in following him. And it's taking that time to be with him, taking that time to listen to him, and not being afraid of what he's going to say to me if I get along with God. That's what most of you fear. And I know you do. You're afraid of shutting everything down and getting along with God. So you've got to have your loud Christian music. You've got to have your other people's tapes in your ear. And why aren't you upraising the dead if you listen to that all the time? See, that's because you're not following him. Where is he leading you right now? for you what's he got on his agenda for you today forget the religious way you program your life so that you feel like you're obeying god and you're doing everything right forget about that start listening to god and understanding what he has for you today right now while it's today what's he got for you what are you involved in that's a distraction From paying attention to God. Stop doing it and start getting into where God wants you to be. So the word spread widely and grew in power after all that sinful stuff stopped and people got saved. The word will grow. You get the devil out of the joint, it'll grow. It'll grow in you and it'll grow in me. We get the devil out of our minds. Quit feeding that. I know it's good stuff because it's Christians on there. But you need to find out what God has for you. He don't have all that stuff for you. He wants to talk to you. You need, him to re- he, you need him to reassure you sometimes that you're lovable. You need him to reassure you sometimes that you're doing the right thing. I used to need him to reassure me, and I need it sometimes now, that I preach the right thing after I got finished preaching. You need that time with him so he can reflect and show you, I'm pleased with that was good when you did that. You understand what I'm saying? So many times we come away from doing something for God and get critical about it. Or I should have done more. Or, you know, what did I do? "Ah, Don't do that to yourself. You spend that time. Let him give you your feedback as to what you need to know about how he feels. He's the judge, honey. You don't judge anything in God. He knows what he told you to do. I know we could all improve, but it's not always the time for you hearing that. You need to hear what God wants you to hear. following Jesus will put in your ear what you need to hear at all times. He won't be so dependent on people and what they say, and moved by everybody's comments. You need to be moved by him huh You know married people know this when when you when you get married, your ears shut down to other people's ideas about what you do how do you cook what do you what do you look like when you get dressed and go out somewhere you care less about that's why the bible says let each husband have their own wife and that wife have their own husband to make feedbacks and comments about i remember i was in a church and there was a, a man he was one of the deacons there and uh he made a comment one time i remember putting on a skirt and, and I didn't, when I got out, I said, ah, I should have wore a, a jacket with the skirt. And I was just, you know, kind of pulling what I, the jacket down. And he made a comment about my behind. I never share this with anybody, but he did. And it so offended me, but it made me feel dirty on the inside. And God showed me that scripture and God said, he's totally out of order. He said he's got no right to tell you how you look good or bad. He said, That's why I put that scripture, let every man have his own wife. He said, You are not his wife, and he got no right to speak into your life like that. You understand me? It's a total violation of holiness. Some men are more bare gossips than women. They dip over in other people's business so fast. You understand what I'm saying? You have to watch people like that. You have to watch people like that. And you know God can restore you and all that. You know can you imagine what that does to somebody who's just coming there to worship God? Nonsense. 1 Thessalonians 1.5 For our gospel came not unto you in word only but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. So it comes to you not in word only. you got to watch the word only, people. There's tons of them. The world is filled. There's Benny Hinn, Reinhard Bonnke. Who else is demonstration and power people? There are a lot of them around. We don't know them. They work in, you know, remote countries they're not on television all of them you understand what i'm saying but i'm talking about people who are visible why because people in this country like that stuff so that the people who can produce the signs and wonders get ridiculed get talked about get called witches and warlocks all that kind of stuff just anything to keep you from thinking that that's not god's will for you to be saved and to be healed and to have devils cast out of you It's wrong. And so we don't want the word only. We want the demonstration and power. And we want it to increase. People who walk in the power of God never see enough healings. We never see enough deliverance. We never see enough salvation and being born again. Amen. How how am I doing, Miss Tanya, time-wise? Okay. The other thing, when you follow Jesus, you manifest the works of God. That's a, a command to the church. Jesus is waiting to work with us and confirm our words with signs following. But you've got to preach the word under the anointing. You have to preach with the expectancy that God is going to heal people. You've got to preach with the expectancy that when you lay hands on people, demons will come out. And you're not looking at them to see if anything happens. You've got to do this by faith. And you've got to have enough relationship with jesus where he has spoken to you and told you how to do ministry here we go again with the the imitating the religious with the outer show and being being moved by what they see you know the the person that really wants god will humble themselves if you see somebody who's demonstrating the power of god you'll humble yourself to them and find out How to to relate to them so that you can get that power working in your life? You just do that, or or go to God and say, "Who's going to teach me that kind?" You humble yourself. But let me tell you what most ministers do: they watch it and then get up and try to imitate your movements and think that's all there is to it. Huh? There's relation. We forget relationship being involved. That's like gay people just want to go adopt some kids and call themselves parents. Well, if you didn't birth them children, you don't know how they come into the world. You're, you're missing a few items. You understand? I got nothing against adoption and nothing against people want to help children that don't have parents. But God's way is that they you reproduce after your own kind. Huh? So when you see them and they look like you, you don't want to strangle them for what they do sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? It makes sense to me to do it that way. But you can no more get up and do look like Oral Roberts and try to talk like him and walk like him. and We've got too many shenanigans. But when you follow Jesus, you'll look like you in the pulpit. Huh? You'll always look like you're supposed to look. Uh? And you got to get up there and do it no matter what you look like. Every time I see myself on video, I say, Oh, no, I should have lost them pounds. You understand? You lament a little bit. You know, as you get older, you think, Uh, How can I I suck wrinkles in? You know, that kind of stuff. You always do that. But you got to get up and do it anyway. If it really bugged me, I'd quit the Twinkies. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? I'm going to do it. I'm working on it, all right? I had carrots last night for... (laughs) I wanted loose lunch, but I had carrots. Coco even had carrots. She had enough sense to bury them. I ate them. Just a thought dog got more brains than I do sometimes. Praise the Lord. But we manifest the works of God. Mark 16, verses 17 and 18. You won't get more direct instruction than this. Jesus, those are his parting words. He that believes and is baptized will be saved, he that believeth not will be damned. Most people don't even know what that means. But these signs shall follow. Don't worry about the damnation. Just do the signs. You know what I'm saying? We can skip that. And just do the signs. Why you worry about the penalty? You're going to do the works. He says, in my name, they'll cast out devils and speak with new tongues. Not speak with new tongues and just prophesy to people and never cast out a devil. Never heal a sick person. You know it's, it's easy prophecies get a lot of attention hmm? because people like fortune telling no it's just kind of fostered a fortune telling people a uh, spirit among the people of god see what's going to happen in the future is they're going to start remembering some of them and tell you you didn't tell me that the last time i was up here and you'll start getting embarrassed you know why because you're going off half-cocked you better go and get the rest of mark 16 17 and 18. just saying fair warning you know what i'm saying you you got to do this folks and it ain't hard you just stay on your knees and stay on your face and tell god i need more i need the whole thing that's all you do that's all i did i got god healed me and that's why i love healing but if I never was sick, I'd still love healing because I see what it does for people. Huh? It helps people. How many of y'all run to the doctor every five minutes? If you do, you shouldn't. Oh, boy. Well, it's okay. Keep keep doing your thing. Huh? I had to go, and I hate it. And I'm working hard to get out from under the system. I'm still paying bills. From from nonsense. You understand what I'm saying? Stuff that I know God takes care of for believers and has always taken care of with me. Amen? So I'm getting on the top of it. Every day I'm getting more on top of it than I was the day before. And it's not going to be by natural means. Yeah, I wish I was 40 pounds lighter. <laughs> 40 pounds lighter. pounds <laughs> lighter. Huh? But you know what I'm saying. But that's not the root of my symptoms. The root is unbelief i have always believed God in spite of God, we working on his weight, ain't we? <laughs> you mess with me, I'll go to the verbal herbal people and put it on Facebook. I'm with the herbals now. <laughs> Do something, God. Right. <laughs> Let me have a miracle. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But we keep working on it, eh man? We just keep working on it and keep serving God and keep following Jesus and keep Doing what we do to the good. You know, let's, I'm not trying to buy favor with God. I'm trying to serve him, man, in spite of all the challenges and things. <laughs> you know? Sometimes people wish, oh, if I could have done God years ago, I wouldn't waste. You didn't waste anything. Stop lamenting. Huh? It's just, you just quit it stop going backwards god looks at you where you are now and he has plans for you to follow his follow him now you know looking back keeps you from following him it's a waste of time you're wasting yours and his time he knows when when it was right to bring you into the kingdom and what you'd be willing to do for him a lot of times people young people don't want to do much for god you can be saved in a church and not do much because you're not willing but God wants us to be willing, willing and obedient, eat the good of the land. You follow Jesus. Let him approve of you. Forget about people. Amen. I see so many ministers trying to connect with the right. They can. If I just get over in so-and-so's meeting, if they just send me an invitation, I'll have it made. Huh? You never have it made like that. Thank God you don't get involved with people who can make life easy for you. Stay involved with God. He makes it just like you need it to be so you can prosper and be what he wants you to be. Amen. Why don't we quit? Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you for love and for patience, forbearance. Thank you for the love of God that's revealed by your Holy Spirit throughout the ages. We bless you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you.